I'm asking all of my listeners, my proud supporters of our courageous men and women in blue to join me and express your unwavering appreciation for law enforcement. Pin Blue Line USA has stylish apparel, great accessories that make a statement and flags that fly with pride. They've got everything you need to show your support for law enforcement. Go to PinBlueLineUSA.com and shop a wide selection of products to show up your patriotism. Use code SID and get 15% off. Stand with me, Sid, and stand with WABC as we honor those who protect and serve. ThinBlueLineUSA.com. Once again, use the code word SID. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. What'd you say? He's just a friend. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. I like that. The heartland of America, flyover America, very similar to Iowa in many ways. You have some real left-wingers and progressives, and you have some real hardcore conservative evangelicals. Very very similar to uh, a state like Iowa where it's divided along those lines, some of those other heartland states. And the reason that we focus in a presidential year What used to be both parties going to the smaller states, Iowa first, for the Caucasoids, I call them, the weirdest way of choosing a winner of anything I've ever seen, to the more normal New Hampshire primary and then South Carolina and then Super Tuesday and then it's off to the races. We see that now that Nikki Haley has been embraced by the Republican establishment for purposes of explanation, I'll just say the Country Club Republicans, Mm -hmm. They put their money behind a lot of money. And uh, DeSantis has faded. Uh, he, he had a good debate against uh, Newsom. Seemed like he had, had some fire, uh, you know, in his engines. But it, really, he's spinning this week. Yeah, and nobody's paying attention to these debates, right? I think that's one of the things that Trump did so well right from the very beginning. He took the oxygen out of the room by not participating in it. So it's only the real... You know the the real. I don't even know. It's it's people who can't find anything else to watch that night that are that are ultimately watching these now. So, if anyone out there has been to Iowa or been to New Hampshire during presidential years, it is a place where the good old fashioned town hall meeting, which is the basis of America. I mean, that's where it all started. New England, the town hall meeting. The people get together. They discuss what's taking place, and then they hold their elective uh, officials' feet to the fire, whether they're Republicans or Democrats. So Haley has surged in New Hampshire from where she was, passing DeSantis. So if the election were held tomorrow, it would be Trump won Haley too mm-hmm. in New Hampshire. And bye-bye, Chris Christie, Shamu Al-Hafe. Uh, you were hoping uh, everything might change for you in New Hampshire. It ain't <laughs> happening. So now the media is focused on Haley. Mm-hmm. She's got momentum. She's got money. She's got all those things uh, that have to be done to stop the juggernaut, uh, which is uh, Donald Trump getting the party's nomination and going on into the presidential campaign. 
So she's on a stage. She's not talking about Israel in the Middle East. She's not talking about, uh, uh, you know, things that are of interest to local elected uh, uh, local folks. She's talking about the Civil War. You think it's like right out of the History Channel. And it was from a question about the Civil War, and this was her response. What was the cause of the United States Civil War? Well, don't come with an easy question or anything. I mean, I think the cause of the Civil War was basically how government was going to run, the freedoms and what people could and couldn't do. Government doesn't need to tell you how to live your life. They don't need to tell you what you can and can't do. They don't need to be a part of your life. They need to make sure that you have freedom. We need to have capitalism. We need to have economic freedom. Thank you. And in, in the year 2023, it's astonishing to me that you answer that question without mentioning the word slavery. What do you want me to say about slavery? No, um, uh, you answered my question. Thank you. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it's a pretty simple answer to it, right? This is very simply. The Confederate fight, what are the causes, right? You could just say the Civil War began because the Confederate Army fired on Fort Sumter, on the Union Army in Fort Sumter, over slavery and over the fact that the South wanted to keep slavery as an institution while the North, the abolitionists, uh, wanted to remove it because they looked at our she, founding documents and realized that it was inconsistent with the ideals that all men were look, created equal. It's That's ironic simple. because when she was governor of South Carolina, the issue of the stars and bars, the Confederate flag flying over the state capitol, was prominent. Uh, she's grown up in a state where they were the first to secede. By the way, do you know who tried to secede second right after uh, South Carolina? Who? The Gamecocks? New York City, the mayor, Fernando Wood. Oh, you know what? You're right. You're right. I remember this I'm place. Not, I, remember, I remember reading about this. This place <laughs> was so un-American in the Revolutionary War. They, uh, New York City supported the Redcoats. In the Civil War, they supported the South. Well, in the Revolution, we were kind of uh, we were inhabited by the Redcoats. Yeah, right? but still, they, because we were a port, you know, we mm-hmm. liked trade with England. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a mercantile establishment here. We've always been traders here. Can you imagine? Here's South Carolina, as you mentioned. They fire the shots at Sumter, which begins the Civil War. The South has said, that's it. We're going alone. They didn't even have the other states yet. It was just South Carolina... Fernando Wood, mayor of New York City, says, we want to secede. New York City. Nobody teaches you that. I didn't learn that. You know who taught me that? My father. Really? Yeah, my father said, oh, you, you think in New York City. Boston is the place uh, that uh, promoted the revolution against the bridge and was very, you know, abolitionist, uh, uh, anti-South, you know, separatism, maintaining the Union. Mm-hmm. I said, but I don't like Boston, Daddy. They have the Boston Red Sox. He said, son, but you got to give credit where credit is due. If it was New York City, we would have had the Stars and Bars flag flying over America and over the Union Jack. But, Curtis, you made a really good point specifically with Haley over here, which is, you know, now that she is kind of the establishment's darling at this moment right now, the GOP's establishment darling, DeSantis falling off that mantle now it becomes Haley with you know kind of their only hope to defeat the American firsters and and Trump um she's gonna everything that she says is gonna be scrutinized in a way that it wasn't before and this is something that earlier in her campaign maybe she had a you know stupid answer to something else knowing Nikki Haley and having watched her operate as 
uh, as the U.N. Uh, representative, as the ambassador to the U.N., my guess is she said a lot of stupid things, to be perfectly honest, because very simply, like Eric Adams doesn't have a constitution, an internal constitution. I'm not going to compare Nikki Haley exactly to Eric Adams, but she is somebody whose ideals blow in the wind, depending on whatever the polling is. You mentioned the Confederate flag and how she removed the Confederate flag from the state house in South Carolina as governor. But one of the things a lot of people don't remember about that was she defended that for a long time until she realized the polling was against her. And honestly, it might be something that nationally she could look at and be regarded as this, you know, incredible statesman, this incredible stateswoman for doing that. That's when she ended up doing this. And that's why I think right now it's a very dangerous proposal, more than any of the other candidates, maybe aside from Christie. But I put her kind of in that same batch as Christie as I think it's a really, really dangerous proposal for Republicans all, to consider had, Nikki Haley. All she had to do that. And she's probably going to have to amend it today. Say, yes, yes, it was about slavery, but it was also about states' rights. Mm-hmm. So the two. Because actually in South Carolina, I spent a little yeah. time there. Not as much as you in your favorite city in the United States that has more golf courses per person, per capita than anywhere else. Right up from Savannah, Georgia. <laughs> Every, I mean, every house has a golf course, to be honest. There's a lot of them. I mean, you probably, if given an opportunity, you would live in South Carolina because <laughs> you could roll out of your bed and play 18 holes of golf. I think it's New Yorkers' second choice to Florida. Everybody I know is either moving to Florida, South Carolina, maybe Tennessee or Texas. Right, but, but right up the road from Savannah, Georgia, where I started the Guardian Angels, uh, you go in South Carolina, a lot of golf courses, a lot of snowbirds, as you mentioned. But a lot of the tradition. So they not only had the rebel flag, Mm -hmm. the Confederate flag, they had their own secession flag. Mm -hmm. Each state had their own secession flag. Like I said, New York City wanted its own secession flag. Thank God that didn't happen. (laughs) But what she's got to do now is like it's going to become the issue. Let's face it. This is not the issue of a campaign. You don't choose a presidential candidate based on their knowledge of the Civil War. But she's got to move quickly. Will there be a bit of an attitude like, wait a second, you know, I grew up in South Carolina. I know all about this subject because obviously it was the battleground state that began the Civil War. Or does she apologize? Mm-hmm. Say, you know, I'm just caught up in the discussion. I should have said this clearly. Now, this, clearly. this will be a, a defining moment for her mm-hmm. because others have never retreated, never surrendered, never humbled themselves, and they disappeared off the radar screen. She can't do a Trump. Trump, you know, would just take a stand and that's it. I said what I said. He has that special immunity that others don't have. What do you think she will do today now that it's become the number one story of this campaign? And that point, too, in terms of, like, other people trying to imitate Trump and be Trump – You're absolutely right. People try to do that. And I look at Marco Rubio back in 2016. And if you remember, there was like a week and a half stretch after Chris Christie got him in the debate where, you know, Rubio was surging up. And Christie ended up, uh, it was the one thing that Christie's done well in the last uh, 10 years or so, where he ended up catching Rubio and basically saying, you're a robot. And Rubio, uh, to Christie's credit, kept repeating the same line. I forget what the line was, but he kept repeating the same line, almost like he was stuck on it right there. About a month later, Rubio kind of, his campaign rebounds. It it bottoms out, but it starts to rebound a little bit, gains a slight bit of momentum, and he starts trying to do his best Trump impression, talking about small hands and this, and it completely tanked his campaign because he was not genuine. 
If Nikki Haley tries to be like Trump, then people are going to realize this is not genuine Nikki. The one thing about President Trump, which whether you like him, whether you don't, I tend to like him, obviously, very much. Um, but I think everybody can say this that has known him before. He's the same guy now as he was well, 20 his, years ago remember, as he was 40 years his ago. His Civil War moment was Charlottesville. Mm-hmm. That was his Civil War moment. His critics used that against him. Now, I remember listening to the whole thing. And they truncated what he had said. Right, yeah, they tried to pick and choose exactly right. what he had said. But notice, his moment was Charlottesville. That had to do with the Civil War. Mm-hmm. Nikki Haley's moment on the campaign trail may be, what was the cause of the Civil War that directly impacted your state, South Carolina, the first to secede? And after a while, you scratch your head and you say... You know, I think there are more pressing issues out there that a president are going to have to deal with in their knowledge maybe, of the Civil War. Maybe like reparations. Maybe like the right, reparations Robert. we're dealing we with gotta, in New York. we got to discuss that up next because, remember, that became a part of the debate. Yeah. Before Joe Biden jumped in the last time, all the liberal progressives, they were fighting each other on how much they were given reparations But I'm hoping your wife, uh, who has uh, taken you out of the man cave, and removed your manliness. Right. I think, uh, I don't know, I think Margot Katsimatidis has has, uh, reaffirmed my manliness by saying she taught football players as a dancer. uh, Mrs. Giuliani, it's time to think about moving to Myrtle Beach. Ah. Where there are 10 golf courses for every one house. <laughs> That's about you right. You will be in golf heaven in Myrtle Beach. <laughs> when I went to Myrtle Beach, I just spent a day there. I said, what the hell? Everybody just plays golf yeah, what's, here. What's, what's in Myrtle Beach for Curtis Sliwa? Well, not Curtis. There's beach and there's golf. I hate golf. <laughs> but I got to tell you, so many snowbirds down there from New York, New Jersey, eastern Pennsylvania, Connecticut. Why'd you move here? Golf. Why'd you move here? Golf. <laughs> what do you do all day? Golf. <laughs> 36 holes a day. And that's not speed golf. That's the normal that's way. That's it. That's it. It's good. You're out in the sun. I can see you in the future. If nothing more, uh, a second home, a home away from home for Andrew Giuliani and the Giuliani uh, family. Myrtle Beach, <laughs> South Carolina. Up next, Captain Crime Wave Holcomb. That's the nickname you gave her. Reparation. 40 acres in a mule, which became the battle cry, if you remember, of the campaign initially in 2020 when Joe Biden had not yet emerged on the scene. Where is South Carolina? If you've had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today at 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email at Info at GoboLaw.com. GoboLaw, where winning is no accident. The digital dollar could give the feds control of your money. Get the digital dollar report. Call 1-800-862-6970 and also receive a $1,000 credit from Priority Gold to protect your money. Or just go to DigitalDollarReport.com. Please note, the information provided does not constitute financial or investment advice. Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC.
It's John Katzmatidis' theme song. And John, thanks again for joining us this morning. Uh, well, you, know, you had AC, you have DC, now you have JC too. That's right. Why did you choose this song, and how did you choose this song? Because it's become your theme. On every show you do this song, it means John Katzmatidis is in the house. See, now I learn something new every day. You didn't know this was your theme song? No, I didn't Coming in. Oh, Who they, said it's my theme song? They, they, they play it for you all the time. Do they? Yeah. Really? I, I thought it was the Superman one when he gets off and say, Truth, Justice, Justice in, in the, the American, American way. way. <laughs> <laughs> Meantime, though, I give can, us... I can see him flying by right now. Give, <laughs> give us a, a health update because you and uh, my wife Nancy will join me today at 12. Uh, we're like knocked out last week. Uh, she's had a slow recovery. I know you had a slow recovery, but you look uh, a lot a better A lot of today. people have a slow recovery. Remember, I said I had the vaccine for pneumonia. And, you know, the doctor said, oh, you got a different variant. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I've had it for about six days, seven days. And uh, my oxygen count, which is normally 99, uh, was as low as 95, 96. Uh, this morning was ninety seven, ninety eight. So, I'm on the comeback. That's good. You look good. You sound good, and it's good to have you back with us here, John. The, the, the comeback trail. Yeah. In the meantime, you had to go through a phalanx in order to get here after the asbestos uh, steam pipe explosion Third yesterday. Avenue is a mess. They yeah. got everything locked down, shut down, and uh, I had to sneak up around Forty Sixth Street and come up, up. Third Avenue, but then they closed it off at uh, on 49th Street. Mm-hmm. I guess the 50s are taboo. <laughs> well, now, John, as I was explaining to Andrew and our audience, uh, if you've ever been down below subterranean Manhattan, <laughs> it is filled with steam pipes. That's how these buildings, these giant buildings, uh, stay warm. They get uh, hot water. It's all through steam. Uh, and it's generated and it's pumped underneath in these pipes, which have been covered in asbestos, because if they blow up, it could, it, it could create a fire situation and then the asbestos would keep that abated. But this one blew. It went pollutive. But these, all these pipes, John, are like more than a century old. I don't think people realize that both the sewer pipes, uh, the water pipes, many of them still lead-lined. And the infrastructure underneath Manhattan uh, is going to have to go. How many floors down does the Waldorf go? Seven. I've actually yeah. been down You've there. been all the way down there? Through the what they call the gold door when it used to be open. You went through there. They used to call it a hobo jungle, seven floors down, all steam pipes. So the homeless guys in the winter would be like 40 degrees below zero outside. They'd be down there. It'd be like you wouldn't be in a sauna. And... Uh, I don't know what it's like now. And, and now, what are they saying? Uh, the the uh, train coming in on uh, Grand Central uh, is 17 stories down? I think I heard that. I think that's 17 correct. stories? Yeah. yeah. It's uh, that Long Island Railroad link that uh, D'Amato and Peter King pushed for many, many years ago. It finally got finished. It's like a mausoleum, John. If you've ever been down there, there's nobody there. 
Uh, people are not yet using that, but it's all white marble. It's beautiful. It is beautiful. I've done it a couple of times, and you're right. There's not many people use it. I think it's because people still have not yet come back in full force since COVID. Otherwise, it would be something, right? You see some of the office buildings. So in other words, if you come in from Long Island, you yeah. can get off on Grand Central. Exactly. You can get off on the east side right there instead Look, of having to go all the way to Penn Station. It makes a lot of sense. Town. It does. Your main it guy does. who assists you in a 5 o'clock roundtable discussion, Rich Radabali, yep. that's how he gets in now used to be he'd go to Penn Station like everybody else from yeah. Long Island comes right to Grand Central walks right over here to the studios of WABC but you're right it's at times it's a ghost town beautifully done like I said white marble if you ever want to get buried in a mausoleum boy that's the place to do it it is like pristine your family can come visit you you're right there let's let's hope let's hope we actually start seeing <laughs> The Grand Central Station that we know about there and not just having it used for uh, pro-Hamas, pro-terrorist protests. Because it really is beautiful, and you could see if the city gets back to full force over here with the workforce, how useful it would be. You you should have seen the 5 o'clock roundtable discussion last night. I I was invited to come on about 5.50 at the end, and it was a redo of the 2013 Republican primary battle between John Katsimatidis and Joe Loda. Oh, well, Tony Carbonetti yeah. couldn't have been more defensive of Joe Loda. Who <laughs> there had, was one building. Yeah. You know, Tony was, you know, did what he had to do for, <laughs> for the, Joe Loda's campaign. Right. But there was one building. The voting machine was 83-0. Was it really yes. 83-0? 83-0. Sounds like some of the questions we might have had at uh, other elections. But, yeah. Now, interesting, because you had Vito Fisella, the <laughs> world president. Right. Of uh, Staten Island, who was supporting John at the time. You had Tony Carbonetti, who was supporting the Joe Loder compa- campaign, as your dad was. Mm-hmm. But right towards the end, uh, Joe Loder called the Port Authority cops mall cops. Wow. And what blowback on that. And then we saw yesterday, magnificently, John, the Hamas nutniks tried to block JFK on the Van Wick Expressway. And the Port Authority cops wiped them out. Took them down. Took him down. Yeah. Less well, than they don't have to. Re- they don't report to City Hall. Right. No. They don't. They don't. <laughs> they don't deal by the consent decree, which was signed. Right. But so I it's mean, completely different. We normally don't talk about the Port Authority cops. We take what they do for granted, except we think of nine yeah. eleven. There they were. They lost like, thirty seven men on nine eleven. Well, NYPD lost twenty three. I'm not. We're not blaming the NYPD. No. They're great people. It's the restrictions put upon them. Correct. Their hands are completely uh, by tied. the state government and the city government. Mm-hmm. Right. But we normally don't talk about Port Authority police. I observe from the video their actions, and we can all be proud of those men and women. They swooped in. They, they had no knowledge that this was going to happen mm-hmm. ahead of time. So it's not like they had intelligence and they were waiting. So they already blocked all the traffic. Anthony Weiner, who was with me one to three, was actually dropping his son off mm-hmm. for a flight overseas, and he followed all the cabs because the cabs realized the Van Wick was blocked, so they know they chatted back and forth. He figured out, follow the cabs. Yeah. They took the back way in the JFK. But within a half hour, the Port Authority responded in force. They took out the demonstrators, the Hamas nutniks, 26 of them, put them on a Port Authority bus removed all of the cars, the caravan, and traffic was restored in less than a half hour. You know, we normally never talk about the Port Authority police. I got a 
a salute their directors, their leaders, and the men and women of the department who moved so efficiently. We all agree. And, and John, to the point that you made right there, isn't that just such a great example of how good our men and women can blue in blue can be when their hands are not tied by government? That's the whole thing. Yeah. Let them do their jobs like they've done for 100 years, 200 years. Mm-hmm. Now, up next, John, since you're in with us, uh, the war in Gaza has been said by the Israeli authorities this could go on for months, just the battle alone in Gaza. It's been going on for 2,000 years. But what <laughs> What would you do true. now if you had input? Because you know all the players. You've been in the Middle East. You've been in the Persian Gulf. You've mm-hmm. dealt with the religious leaders. You've dealt with the political leaders. What would John Katzenfeldis do in a situation that at any moment could go palooey? On everybody right here at WABC, your place to be. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Well, we have AC Curtis Sliwa always complaining. DC, considering my stint in DC, Andrew Giuliani, and now. J.C., John Katsimatidis, and Curtis, we know who really has the pull in this room here amongst the three of us, because you and I have been complaining about Third Avenue for the last two and a half hours, and Mr. Katsimatidis walks in here in the Bernard McGurk studio here at WABC and starts talking about Third Avenue being a parking lot, and guess what? It's now wide they, open. They, they must have heard us. It's all open up now. No, no, they didn't hear us, John. They heard you. That's yeah. what it was. They City, heard you. City Hall doesn't listen to us, John. You know that. <laughs> they heard you, and they heard you talking about the uh, nightmare of uh, navigating. I it. got it on the cat phone. Exactly. <laughs> and now, look at it. It's all opened up again. Yeah, no traffic. Excellent. Excellent job. But now, uh, air traffic controllers that we have been all morning long substituting for Sid Rosenberg. Now that you're with us, you see the mess in the Middle East and the Persian Gulf. Any which way you look, is a firestorm. If it's not already brewing, it will brew. If you had any say, if you had any influence with any of the parties involved here, John, based on the fact you know so many of the people involved, what would your advice be uh, in order to get this in check? Because it's going to impact us. It's going to impact the world. Let me say something. And maybe, you know, we don't remember all the dates because it's been so long. Uh, The Palestinians and the Israelis were living in peace for how long? When was the last uh, encounter? I mean, I think it was uh, ever since Osama bin Laden. When they got rid of Osama bin Laden, the Mm -hmm. world had peace for a while, Mm -hmm. right? I don't think the Palestinians. The problem happened. And I just want all the people to realize this. And we might have a million people listening. That when the Saudi Arabia was going to make peace with Israel, mm-hmm. and the Saudis are, uh, what, what are they? They're Sunnis. Yes, Sunnis. They, they're the guardians. Iran, being Shiites, mm-hmm. they panicked. They're the ones that pressed the button with the Hamas paid them $10,000 a family for 10,000 of them Mm -hmm. to go and wreak havoc in Mm -hmm. Israel. Let's get it straight. It's the four mullahs in the Osama bin Laden's of 2023 
is the four mullahs in Iran. I don't know what their names are. Mm-hmm. And you know who suffered? The two or the two million Palestinians in Gaza yeah. that weren't really involved other than Hamas's. Mm-hmm. The eight million uh, uh, Jews in Israel. And the tens of millions of uh, uh, Persians in Iran. You know who I, what the Persians are? I consider the Persians the civilized Iranians mm-hmm. that the mullahs are making them suffer too. So those four mullahs created the havoc. I, let me ask you, because uh, Netanyahu the other day, I think it was maybe on Christmas Day, uh, said that there were three prerequisites for peace between uh, Palestinians and Israel. Uh, one, Hamas must be destroyed. Two, Gaza must be demilitarized. And three, Palestinian society must be de-radicalized. Is any of that unfair? Well, I think, A, uh, the first two are doable. Mm-hmm. And what was the third one? Uh, Palestinian society must be de-radicalized. How do you do that? It takes generations, right? It would yeah, take I mean, generations. You, you, you know, generation you're, you're not going to be able to do that uh, because the uh, Hamases uh, that were in charge for a while uh, created a, a radical system. But if that doesn't happen, then looking from Netanyahu's perspective, then Israel will live under constant threat, basically. Then that's how they would have to just basically operate as a country. You're living under constant threat right across your border. Well, they did have peace for a long time. Mm-hmm. It was the... It was the uh, yeah, uh, you pointed out with Iran. You're absolutely yeah. right. And, and if you cut the funding to Iran... Iran, Iran, it's those four mullahs yeah. that, are, that are calling the shots. Yeah, right. and also remember, uh, if you dated back to Jimmy Carter and the Camp David Accords, nobody thought Menachem Begin, who is a warrior prime minister in Israel. Remember, he took out the nuclear reactor of Saddam Hussein, who was developing nuclear weapons. Even Ronald Reagan condemned him at the time. But you had Menachem Begin with Anwar Sadat, Jimmy Carter. They made the peace that's held to this day. Nobody thought that was possible. So, yeah, things are possible. Yeah, they're possible. Mm-hmm. And but But when you have... Osama bin Laden types, uh, somebody has to take them out. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether it's uh, uh, the CIA or whether it's the uh, uh, Mossad. Heck, if Trump was president, it would have been Trump, right? I mean, you saw it with Salamini. You know, it's... Somebody has to have the courage of leadership because right now, I mean, you know what we were talking about last night? Um, France, Spain, and Italy told the United States, told Biden, we're not helping you in the Red Sea. Is that a a, a pissing in your face deal? Yeah, that's a middle finger huh? right to that's right. Biden. Is that a pissing in your face deal? Uh, because if there's a problem, they're not depending on him. Mm-hmm. And look, and I have nothing against the guy. I have nothing against him. But he's, his leadership has been lacking. Well, you say the Red Sea. Remember, we all were taught about the Red Sea. I had a chance to experience it myself in the lot, southern portion of Israel, beaches, hotels. Uh, Aqaba is uh, in Jordan nearby. I saw Tony Blair there when I visited. He had a uh, second home there. And then there was uh, Sharm el-Sheikh, 
in Egypt. That's where the cheaper hotels are there in the Red Sea. A lot of Israelis go there. That's where they were housing um, Mubarak there. Remember when he was under house arrest? Mm -hmm. Then you look at the tip of the Red Sea and you see Saudi Arabia right there. It's all within touching distance of one another. So when we talk about it, we don't realize how close they all are in proximity to one another. That Red Sea that we were trained, that's where Moses was fleeing. The uh, Red Sea parted for Moses, fleeing with the Jews into the Promised Land. And remember, we saw it in the, uh, the tremendous movie you know, that had Charlton Heston and Yul Brennan. Yul Brennan was the uh, pharaoh of Egypt uh, trying to chase and then getting drowned by the Red Sea. (laughs) So it it has a historical presence. It has a religious presence. It is the uh, gateway into the Suez Canal, which my father sailed many, many times as a merchant mariner. Really? Absolutely. The Suez Canal was so important that, remember, going way back again, you had French troops, English troops and the Israeli troops that seized the Suez Canal because at that time, Gabdel Nasser, the leader of Egypt, closed it to all trade and they were ready to take it over when then President Eisenhower said, no, you can't do that. It's going to create potentially a World War one, uh, World War scenario. So everybody, let's remove yourself to your areas. Let's just make sure the Suez Canal is open for traffic. And there's another problem with the Panama Canal. The Panama Canal is running low on water or something? Is that true? I, I, uh, yeah, yeah, gotta, idea, but Say I, that again. The Panama Canal is running low on yeah. water. When we come back. and uh, Okay, when we come back. I remember during the pandemic, there was a shit that research. got stuck. You're, I've got to do this. You're a fast guy on the Google. I know. As the, as the young and say, it wasn't on my bingo card this morning. The Panama but guess what? Canal. It's now. We're remember, check it out. that's where John McCain was uh, born and raised. Remember at that time, an American protectorate. That was used against them. You're not a real American citizen. You were born and raised in the Panama Canal. Oh, there's a history there. And huge mosquitoes, too. But my dad was the admiral. Yeah. (laughs) But the big mosquitoes in the Panama Canal, you had to fumigate it every day because, man, you talk about the skeeters. They had the biggest ones imaginable right here in your place to be, WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. Now, the only thing you haven't made your bones in, John, in business is being a shipping magnet that usually Aristotle, Onassis, all the big uh, tycoons that owned all the commercial fleet that carried uh, cargo and oil all over the world came out of Greece. But you mentioned the Panama Canal. I was a modern Greek. (laughs) (laughs) Part of Capital Airlines was uh, uh, air shipping. Oh, really? Yeah. Flying, uh, you know, air cargo. Right. Well, you were absolutely right about the Panama Canal. They are low on water. I guess uh, the global warming, which is supposed to melt all the uh, icebergs and get the uh, sea level higher, it's not affecting the Panama Canal for some reason here, John. 
Remember, they still have all the locks. According to our buddy Al So Gore. when you, you go through the Panama <laughs> Canal, you have to go into each of the locks. They raise the water. They lower the water. It's a meticulous process. They have the super cargo containers now, super uh, the tankers that can now go through that. And without which, uh, traffic and and commercial traffic would come to a halt. You'd have to go all around South America. That's why it was built. Teddy Roosevelt spent so much capital in building. But but, but they are running behind on shipping in the uh, Panama Canal. In the canal. Now, have you ever seen, uh, otherwise you have to go down around uh, uh, South America. America. Have you ever seen where the Atlantic meets the Pacific underneath in South America? I never have. No. Oh, my God. you got to see the aerial pictures. Uh, it's like it's two different waters, mm-hmm. two different colors, and they don't, they don't integrate. Really? It just, it's two, you know, they stop at a certain point. It's like our Civil War, gray coats and blue coats, <laughs> yes. right? They don't integrate. The Atlantic does not integrate with the Pacific. Wow. I'm going to take a look at this yeah, right oh, now. It, it is a great aerial picture. Yeah. And if we find it, we'll put it on the WABC well, that, that website. That reminds me. Your, your, your job is not done, John, because the only place we cannot be heard now is the South Pole, which and, is right Antar- there. And Antarctica. That is correct. Antarctica. The, We're in 100. WABC is in 173 countries, except certain communist countries that were not allowed. They won't let us in. Uh, we're not in Cuba. Uh, except when you were there. That's right, urging death to Fidel Castro, and I was able to escape. And, oh, my God, I, I, said, I said to Curtis, I remember that day, I said to Curtis, Curtis, wait till we leave. That's right, I'm on the radio, broadcasting back to the old WABC, urging death to Fidel Castro from within Havana, and I got away with it. I got away with it. How did you get away with that one, John? How did that happen? We were, the guests, we were guests of Fidel. Yes. The guests, and not only the guests, but John had transported Greek Orthodox from all over the world to go there to Christian. I guess you could the call it church. a new church or basilica. Uh, they, uh, they, there's a technical word for It's not christening. It's a... Uh, uh, I, I forget the technical religious word. And Castro had no problem with you initiating no, a new church. He, no, he built it for us. Really? He built, Castro so, built it for us. The only thing we had to survive is a uh, 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 supply was the, uh, the icons. The and, marble so, so, icons. Right? So unlike the Soviet Union, Castro would allow religion in Cuba? Yes, that was, yes. Uh, and, okay. uh, and, uh, and by the way, uh, before he left, Gorbachev did the same thing with the Soviet Union. I, I will tell you, I had dinner with uh, Gorbachev many, many times, and maybe we'll talk about it at 9 o'clock. Hour. Yeah, By the way, remember, the Pope was visiting Fidel Castro. All the world media was there. And then all of a sudden, the announcement of Monica Lewinsky and Bill Clinton back in Washington. All the world media picked up, packed up. Here's the Pope. Here's Fidel Castro on the tarmac, right? Historical meeting. And what were they chasing? The tale of Monica Lewinsky and Bill Clinton back in Washington, D.C. By the way, uh, Michael Carey says uh, hello, and he says your wife Nancy is doing a great job. Yes, yes. She'll be joining me again on the Rip and Read. Uh, John has been good enough to syndicate what we do every Sunday night, the annual welfare hour, 10 to 11. 173 countries. Nationally, we will be across the country coming New Year. And yes, Nancy has turned out to be uh, quite the performer. 
quite a performance. She's talking about all kinds of subjects, not just limited to animal yeah, welfare. Yeah, that's right. So you don't want to miss it on the, the Rip and Read today. Up next, so we got to get into uh, presidential politics mm-hmm. because it's really heating up. Uh, and also, um, what do the Republicans do in terms of dealing with these new lines that are going to be cut in New York State? Last time it was quite the battle, battle royale. It'll be another battle. And when will we know about them, right? When will we know? Because that's going to affect when people announce, if people are running here, running there. Who knows? And uh, you know that these Democrats, sadly, are going to try to do the same thing they did. Remember the crescent moon one from the tip of Connecticut all the way out to Block Island and Suffolk County? Yeah, they wanted you to run for that. They wanted me to run for that. They want us to run for it. Maybe we live in Block Island. That's it. Go slee with Giuliani. Live in Block (laughs) Island over there. (laughs) Up next on your place to be, John Katz and Matitas, J.C., Andrew Giuliani, and Curtis Lee were here. On WABC. If you had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and they will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read their five star reviews from former clients on Google, Avo and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today. 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email them at info at gabolaw.com. That's G-A-B-O-Law.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident.